listening to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Jill Manley is co-founder of Jabumind and a certified IRS teacher. She is also an award-winning author and illustrator of children's books that have been translated and distributed in five continents as part of social and emotional learning curricula. She taught children in elementary schools, not only in Saudi Arabia, Japan, as well as Aswatini. Before starting Jabumind, Jill owned Jabulani Yoga Studio in Corona del Mar, California. She created and led youth yoga programs for the city of Newport Beach in California and at local elementary schools. Her desire to promote emotionally healthy and compassionate education tools led her to start Jabumani. She joined ed- educators, administrators, and mental health specialists who shared her belief in the importance of caring for the classroom teachers. Jill, welcome to Momnificent. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So where are you enjoying Momnificent from today? I am in Southern California on a, on a hazy, hazy morning. There's the, the haze. Oh, the, look at that. The mist. Yes. So we're getting a little bit of winter. For us, that's winter. <laughs> Hence the scarf. But, you, but, but you, still have, you still have palm trees, right? We do. I know. I love I know. palm get, trees. Yeah, They're my yeah. favorite. I have to live somewhere one day where there's palm trees. <laughs> and what's one thing that you've done recently that you haven't done for some time that brings you joy? I, I, uh, a painting. I start, I started painting. I started painting wow. again after about 25 years and it brings me incredible joy. So it doesn't, it, I don't know what it all looks like, but I'm, I'm painting again. Oh, As that's so to fun. Just more loose. Okay. Did you did you used to be an illustrator? Is that what you were saying? I have I had for Ahmed's journey. I did il- do the illustrations in Ahmed's journey. So I did. I was doing art for, for probably into my thirties, and then in the last twenty years, I set it aside really to take on other endeavors. And I realized how much I was missing it. Oh wow, that's so sweet. I love that. So Jill, this is so cool. Can you tell us a little bit about your international experiences? What led you to teaching abroad and what experience or little like nugget of truth that you just want to share that was your takeaway from all that? Because when I read that about you, I was like so fascinated. I I really think what it was is that I didn't have a job offer out of college and I went to the career center and I had always wanted to go. I had a lot of friends that were second generation Japanese outside where I grew up and I really wanted to go to Japan and there was a job opening for a um, a school in Japan and it really put me into teaching uh, little children all the way up to business men and and housewives believe it or not they had a, a, a English for housewives so I went there and I just I just loved it and and then 
education was always a part of my family growing up. My mom and dad had both been teachers and then my father an administrator in school law. So I, I then um, went on to other countries following my foreign service spouse and teaching was just a very good pairing because every place did need um, a school teacher. So that was, that was a, a beautiful way to pair our two careers. Oh, that's amazing. So did you spend a year in each country or was it? Sometimes longer. It depended. It was depending on the assignment. So if it's a, if it was the, the state department in the, in the embassy, if it's a danger post that you stay a little bit a shorter time. And if it's a longer post, you can stay a little longer. So it was a couple about on the average, about two years, which was, a, so which was a nice amount of time, but you need that first year to really get adjusted, I believe. Yeah, probably. I always thought in the back of my mind how neat it would be to teach in a foreign country. Like, I literally like think I would. And then when I read that you did, I'm like, oh my goodness, check this out. This is so cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you might have to, you might all have to look it up. It's pretty, it is an amazing, it is amazing. It is an amazing profession that, that can go overseas. And it's a beautiful mm -hmm. pairing of something you love and also a way to, to see the world. Yeah, so much getting out of our own, what we only know to exist. Yeah. So then what, what is Jabu Mind and the story of how it came to be? And how did you even pick its name? So I think if I were to say what Jabu Mind is, if I were to take my life's passion and experience and put it into a seed, and Jabu Mind is the sprouting into the world of really my life's passion, I would say. And I was glad you sent me that question because I was able to think for a moment and that's really what it is. It's bringing something that is so dear to me into the world. And the name comes from be teaching in Iswatini, their job, Jabu, which was from the yoga studio Jabu Lani, which means rejoicing together, that we bring together we can help support and lift one another up and jabu is short which means happy mind and that's not to say our minds are always going to be happy is not a word that i it's it's really about being with and knowing knowing that deeper really i just call it self-love and and it's that place of really accepting yourself and that way we can be our be our best to ourselves first and then we can be able to be and you know so well how draining a care being a being in a profession such as teaching can be and so to that end i think if we really can meet ourselves where we are and then know what we need we can we can respond to the needs of others as opposed to reacting to what is coming at us mm -hmm. so jabu mind is is that tool the digital tool so it's an app that incorporates a methodology that's been proven to to and i wanted something that had been around for a while and had worked with different populations to bring mindfulness and it's more than mindfulness because you're really tapping into your senses and your beliefs and your 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 emotions and your body sensations so that you can be like wait what is happening with me right now and, mm. and that, that awareness is, is just, to me, opens so many doors to, to, being, to being your full self. 
And that's that ultimately it's a work I'm a work in progress <laughs> as we all are. But the um, the joy of of getting to know these layers of ourselves and our true our true self is what I call it. Um, it reminds me of something that I learned this summer where it's it's so simple. It's just a very two phrases of check in early and check in often. And so they brought in a mindfulness self-care expert and they were telling the school principals like check in early, like when you notice your, your shoulders getting tight and tense, you know, what can you do in those just few moments? If you only had a minute, what could, would you do? And I had shared that with my staff several times. Um, and what you were saying reminded me of that. So how did you create this app to work for teachers? Well, it's, it's interesting. It's almost like exactly what you said. We talked to so many teachers. We just interviewed, we sent out surveys, uh, Survey Monkey. We talked to hundreds of teachers and said, do you believe your, your state of mind affects your students? And, and overwhelmingly, yes. Do you believe your student's state of mind affects you? Yes. If there was a mindfulness tool, would you use it? And they're like, if we had time and a little bit, and then the studies, the, the more and more studies kept coming out that a little bit often, exactly like you're saying, just a little bit often can make the same, can make the same impact in lowering stress and improving sleep that a longer meditation practice that used to be what people thought they had to do. And teachers like, we can't do that. We have to, we have families of our own. We have, we have a commute, we have papers to grade with this is activities to, to attend to. And that's absolutely true. And so what was so beautiful about this was after talking to teachers and pairing it with a method that is already proven and exactly like you said, the checking in, it has a little bar where you can check in and it's very private. So nobody knows what you're saying in your app. We're not sharing the data with, with the school district. We're not sharing it with anyone. It's for you to see, wow, over this, and you can check in as many times as you want every time you, and you might see a pattern that, wow, Monday mornings, I'm not, I'm not doing as well. And so what can I do to help myself on Monday mornings? Or maybe you're a, a high school teacher and you just have a, a really difficult, more challenging class in sixth period. And you're noticing that late in the day in the check-in. So the app gives you that feedback so that you can give yourself that self-care. And mm -hmm. there's little short breathing exercises. Like you said, just relaxing your shoulders. This, this stuff that we can, uh, maybe there's a there's something that is, we all get triggered. And so checking in on how we are in the moment, we can respond to respond to to really just again notice and respond to ourselves and that's mm -hmm. and that's that is about like you said we're not we can't give the teachers one more thing to do we, but we we can we but they know what they need and so it's just that moment of awareness so they can respond that we all need yeah because sometimes i think we think well i need like a whole day off or i need like a massage or, and that might come about and you might schedule that or whatever. But I think when, when this presenter was like, it could be like, like a couple minutes and it really changed something for me where to the point where then I was checking in early and, and often, and it's a practice and I'm not an expert on it by any means, but it, it, I try to remind myself of it and I'll even get up from my desk and walk out to the parking lot to where my car is. And then just like literally turn around and come back just to change my scenery, take, take another breath, be outside in nature, even if it's just for like 
seconds, literally, but I'm forcing myself to do those little things that then it, it does like, oh, it puts you back in, 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 into perspective and it just like restarts you in the moment. They're very powerful, even though it's so little. So little and so powerful. And that's the, that's the, that's the beauty, I think, because I, I find our minds can be, they want to take care of us. It's that whole flight and flight response. They do are, they are, we are programmed to take care of ourselves, but they, but they can sabotage us. And that physical movement of getting up and just like you said, just walking to the car for you is, is helping your mind reset. It's just like, look or looking up at the sky because we can go down that 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 rabbit hole (laughs) how did i get here and how am i feeling oh is this really is this really productive right now (laughs) right oh gosh it's so true my my well-being yeah and then so jill i saw that 44 percent of new teachers leave the field within the first five years which is so sad how are you hoping Jabumind helps teachers and maybe walk us through if they're not familiar with the app, how, how what does it kind of look like when you go in? So we saw those statistics and those are those are really alarming. I I, I think if we just if we're just with that for a minute, we that says so much. And that's that's a profound number. And when I saw that. I just got chills and I, and I have older grown children as well as younger children. So I have four children and my oldest are in their thirties and their peers really wanted to be teachers and they lovely, amazing, strong, um, passionate and to see them deflated and and they're not alone and that is where i i realized having worked with the children it's it's great the kids need it that's not to say but we are we that that transference that happens and that co-regulation that happens in our nervous system is we're in the classroom together and the teachers if we can take care if the teachers know what they need. And that is how this app came to be. Because the, Linda McKay, um, I met her last week in San Diego and she was down at a conference and she's part of an accreditation program for teacher candidate programs. And she wrote this amazing article in, in Ed Week is why I reached out to her. And she said, we need school psychologists, we need physicians, we need nurses to be advisors to these teacher candidacy programs. Because they, we are not equipping them properly. It's great that they can learn how to do curriculum and write curriculum, but 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 they are. You can't walk into. Teachers are coming into a classroom where every single child in in there knows someone personally who has died of COVID or on the staff. That is not that is not a made up statistic. I talked to that teacher last week, and we if there wasn't trauma before, and that there is today and we know ptsd is real we know what it does and we know it can be vicarious trauma and i that is why we that is really the reason we we the app is getting the attention of of really 
people who in teacher candidacy programs because mm -hmm. they 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 recognize that if before you go into the classroom or if you have some tools in your tool belt and that's not to say a senior teacher can't i mean i the older i get the the easier it is for me to learn something new, ironically. So it's not to say that this doesn't help a, a senior or veteran teacher. I think they recognize the need and we, they are, they, and they, but they're, they've been practicing in the classroom. They're already a little bit aware. Whereas the, the new teacher in the classroom is really has the tools to teach, but the mental health aspect is where this app can meet them because it does have the 10 weeks of a mindfulness program that has been proven as an alternate method by the army surgeon general to, to be in VA hospitals across the country. So this is something that if they come in and they take the 10 weeks each week, and it's little bits, it doesn't have to be a lot. They start to have tools that when they go into the classroom, they can even share it with their students. So there's a breathing exercise, there's a body awareness, and these little things. So that is really how these, how this came to be is is the getting it into early to help to help and meet the teacher early when they before they get into the classroom and they're doing their student teaching. And we've worked with a U a, a UC uh, in California. And well, obviously, UCs in California. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, a university postgraduate teacher candidacy, and our research showed it did lower stress and it did help with self-efficacy. And we have a study going on right now with Salu, which is Southeastern Louisiana University teacher candidates, and they got the app right before Hurricane Ida hit. So that'll be oh, really wow. interesting. And talk about you know layering of, right. of life challenges. And that recent study, we're analyzing the data now, but the study before that, it did show a, a belief in growth mindset in the teachers, which we all know is is so important in believing that self empowerment tool. So that we're we're yeah. happy to get that research back. We're excited to see that it 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 does it does work. We we knew it. We we believed it worked, but it's nice to right. do our own our own research with post pre and post tests. Yeah, and people like to see the numbers and the data that yeah, shows. Yeah, we need to put all that on our website. <laughs> and and Jill, you said something so important because I've said it for years now that teachers, they are taught to teach, but they are not the nurse, the doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist. But yet how many times are they walking into a classroom every day and a kid is displaying behaviors and it's like nobody has taught them the tools to manage prescribe, train, help assist them. And they really like throw their hands up in the air and, and those experts need to be in the schools and feeding the, whether it's their expertise or joining the meetings. So I, I, I love that you're, you're making that connection and, and providing that because no, uh, they, they, they haven't been trained in this area and, and it can feel like at such a loss to be able to really support these kids for what they really actually need. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that compassion fatigue was a real thing, but you can see how it would be. Right. When you say, yes. why are they leaving? I think that when you talk about burnout for older teachers, but really it's compassion fatigue with the when you say that 44 percent are leaving in the first five years. It's like you said, they throw their hands up and they're and knowing yeah. they're trained when to refer. But that's still the students now getting help. But what about the the the, the teacher? So that's so true. It just drains. It's like that hole in your bucket. You just don't need wow. a hole in your bucket. 
No, you don't. They need any, any boost that they can take. Um, and I know, um, so this is just changing the, the subject just slightly because we have, we have moms, educators, grandparents who listen to this podcast. And I, I love how, um, do you still coach high school girls basketball? I loved seeing that in your profile. And what are the challenges you see those girls facing right now? Because what's one thing you might want to say to encourage the parents listening in on this call for helping them in raising their teens today? That's, that's probably a really big conversation. I think, again, I was happy to have the question ahead of time because I took it, I took it out on a walk. And I think as much as being a coach of, and I coach JV, which is, I think even, I'm even a little bit happier about that because those are, those are sometimes the girls who are on the varsity team have um they they have a they they have a more advanced skill set than the jv girls who sometimes are coming in without a lot of a lot of experience but just wanting to be part of something and i think more than anything as a mother of four kids and having the advantage of having my 30 year old daughters talk to me about and then having younger sons who are now 19 and 21 the the best thing we i think we all know teenagers really don't think our parent our our parents know a lot so by having other positive role models in their lives and being aware of 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 that i think is extremely valuable because we've all had our own challenges with our teenagers and sometimes we're not the best people to help them as much as our heart and we want to. We, we are that peanuts wah, wah, wah. Be, and we've all been teenagers, we know that. We, we go into that period of time, we don't think our parents know anything and we're pretty sure we know everything. And so in that, we know this, right? So having, having really positive role models in your student's life or in your child's life, I think is is one of the things that I've, I believe can make a difference when a student is facing some bigger challenges. They're going to listen potentially to someone else and knowing sometimes we're not the best person, as hard as that is. And I think the other thing I would say is we need to do our own work. We can tell our kids all day long what they need to do, but the truth is we are not that's their life we are the caretakers and and they they are not in my opinion where where we need to measure ourselves we need to show up and be our best self and work on ourselves and let our kids observe our own growth because they understand better than than as we as we know because we've been that age not what we're just saying, but what are we doing? And that is the most important thing is to show up to ourselves. And I, sorry, I guess I should say one more thing. It's love. Love them to bits because that's negative self-voice, especially with all the social media that we see impacting them. I just don't think we can say how much we love them. Now, we may not agree with what their choices are, but we, but, but there is love and they are beautiful human beings. And that, I think, goes a long ways at the end of the day. I'm so glad that you said that. And it's so true because they are watching us. Like they might not listen to what we say in 
be thinking like they know better, but they pick up on everything that we do or say our whole representation of how we show up, like you're saying. And um, even a parent the other day was was taking a minute to do a mindful breath of their own because we were working about like, take care of you first, mom, because <clears throat> only when you take care of yourself are you going to be the best for your kid. So make that a priority. And when their kid walked into the room and they were just taking a mindful moment on their own, they actually noticed that their kid turned around and walked away. Like their kids saw, like, that's how important it is. It's that important for mom and it's going to be that important for me. And it's all those cues subtly and right wide open, really stick with them. And, and, um, and that's, that's a healthy approach. We want our kids to learn these healthy ways of taking care of themselves and, and doing it ourselves first. So I, I loved how you, you touched on that. And I love that you wrapped and, it back to the mother because that is so true. In a class we did, we worked with the mothers and we worked with the children. And this one child was running around and the mother was just not, was was tense that the child was running around. And we did a breathing with the mother. And when the mother was breathing, this the child came over and wanted to lay next to the mother. And that was that co-regulation that one nervous system is off. But if one regulate, one nervous system can calm down, it can regulate that other yeah. nervous system. And that is so incredibly powerful because that's what we want. We yeah, want to is. be able to help our kids. But if we don't recognize how we are dysregulated, we can't help them in calming that nervous system. And it was a very powerful moment, but it's exactly like you said. Mm. It's like that they are mirrors of us, as someone said before, which really opened my eyes more than I'd ever seen that. Like, yes, mom, if you lower your voice, if you speak calm, you wait, they will eventually mirror and match that. They, they really will. But it's it's us taking that mental awareness that I've got to get calm. I, I say, say to my parents, get calm and in control of your body. Don't talk to your kids until they're calm and in control of your body. And you yourself don't talk until you are at that place where you're calm and in control to be able to speak to them without that like negative tone of voice or that talking down or raising our voice too. Um, so I, counsel. yeah, I love that you have a large Italian sheepdog that you practice your mindfulness and meditation with. This makes me smile. What would you say if someone is having a hard time meditating or needs help getting started? Like, what would you say first to have them try? I would say everyone is so different right? Where everyone is so different, but what makes some people have the greatest sense of humor when they laugh and after they laugh, they feel good. So maybe it's watching something to make them laugh, get to that place where you feel lightness and, and what does it feel? What does good feel in your body? It might be someone who has to physically go out and move. It might be someone, like I said, who is, who loves to be in the kitchen. It might be someone who likes to look at um, design. Like I love to look at your design. Like that makes me happy. I told, I shared that, like your background makes me happy. So I think whatever it is for you, that start there. It, it doesn't have, we so don't good. have to make this complicated. You don't have to get on a cushion and, you know, make your back straight. Look, I'm all twisted right now, but it, it, it's just, there's, we will just find what, what it is for you and that, and start there and be like, okay, I'm going to, that's, that's what that feels like. And then we have this great muscle memory and bring that back. Be like, oh, that's what it felt like. That felt sense. You can bring that felt sense back. And maybe you say, okay, that when I was really laughing or really cooking that meal, I felt just peace in my body. Every time I, if I'm driving, every time I hit a red light, I'm going to 
feel that peace. Or maybe if I'm at at a school, every time I change, uh, every time the hour changes or I change a topic or subject, I'm going to feel that. And so it's just weaving it into your day. Just weave it in, weave it in. And then you're, and then it becomes almost automatic and you start mm-hmm. to feel better more often than bad more often. I love that. It feels so good because sometimes people say, I can't do that. I can't, meditate. I can't stop my, my mind. And then they have this like negative thought around it. Right. Yep. And I love how you were like, no, you know what? Just check in with yourself and what feels good to you and totally start there. I love that you just shared that. And lastly, Jill, what's something you would tell your younger self today that we can learn from each of us listening right now? Honestly, you gave that advice. I wish you were my, I, I would have loved to have you have been my principal when I was a young mom. Uh, I honestly, I'm a very active human being. And I, I think being while doing is something that I, I would have been being and if that makes sense to you. So in other words, I'm not just doing, but I'm really being. And that would make me present to my children. And and that meant just maybe that is, um, it's challenging, but I would, that is, I don't think I, I don't think you can hug them enough. I don't think you can, you can tell them how much you love them enough. And because they're going, like I said, they're going to be out and grown as hard as it is to believe and everyone would say it it does happen in a snap. Quick. So I think I would just yeah. say to my younger self, just just take a moment and be. And like you said, you're gonna know exactly where you're gonna meet that child, your child. And that's that's really what at the end of the day, why why what our what we can give our children is that that beautiful love they came from love and they're in love and and we're they're that gift that we have and we've been given so i just Mm. think you can't cherish it enough i love that and i think that john gab cabot sins was the one who said we have to we are human beings but we've gotten caught up in human doings and we have to somehow get ourselves back to just being and it's like wow that's so true. It's so right. Like I'm always planning and thinking and going 110 miles an hour. What's next? What's next? What's next? And, and just not, and just like you said, just taking in the moment and taking that breath with whether that does it for me or whatever it is that does it for you. Um, but less human doing and more human being. Wow. That's, that's a really good takeaway for us today. Thank you, Jill. And Jill, how can someone find and follow you or find the Japanese mind app? The app, the website will, the app is available to download from Google Play and also on, on, the, on the App Store. So if you have an iPhone and we also have the Android version. So it's on there. You can download it. You can start today. It's, it's like I said, Jabu means happy. It's J-A-B-U mind. And you can download it. It's, there's, a, there's a free version. The website has, has more resources. We have um, an Instagram and Facebook with inspiration, and there's, gosh, that's those are probably the the best ways. Yeah, 
Well, Jill, on behalf of literally every educator, every teacher who may has seen the Job in Mind app, who has yet to learn of it, and who may or may not ever come back to you and your team to thank you on, on behalf of them, I just want to say thank you for noticing them, creating this platform to su support, help, and nurture their own self-care to be their best for what we want them to be their, their best for their kids in their schools. So thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. It's been, it's been honestly an honor and a pleasure to share this time with you. So thank you. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember 